After Things is brought to you by Patreon.com slash Weird Things. Thank you for supporting this show. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Well, hello. Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hello. I was trying to one-up you. I was trying to one-up no, you. that's fine. Hello. That's not, it doesn't, it sounds it, like it, a monster. It's a mystery, like Moon Knight. Hello. Is the show Bryce? interesting? It's not. Do you have a topic? I did. Uh, over the past week or so, uh, I had stuff I needed to get done, and been having I've been having a little bit of motivation issues and I have found two two things two two approaches that really seem to help me get all of the stuff I needed to get done uh, uh, one is this thing I saw on TikTok uh, a few weeks ago the idea of of the scary hour have you heard of the scary <laughs> hour I've heard I, of I've heard of Sunday scaries but I have not heard of the scary hour all right Andrew I I have a concept of my own that probably is very similar, but I'm curious to hear what oh. this is. So yeah, so the idea is, hey, set aside an hour, whether you plan it or whether it's in the the, the in the moment. Put aside one hour, turn all your stuff off, and go and do all the stuff you don't want to do, you don't like doing, you have all these reasons to not do. Go do your scary hour, and it's just an hour. It's just an hour. You will you will live one hour is not so much. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's not some hard and fast thing. You just set aside some time. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even like really a technique. It's just a different way, I guess, to say, get started. Um, and so between that and which the, uh, the Pomodoro technique, which I've talked about before, which is, um, if you're not aware, it's an interval timer, where you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and then you do 25 on five off 25 on five off and then the last 25 uh on and then a 15 minute break and so and you can change the intervals and whatever but the idea of get started take a short break get started take a short break um and i really needed that <laughs> over the past week. I really needed to have these tools at my at my disposal to say, I have this thing done. I know it's only going to take so long. I and once I start on it, I'm going to be I'm going to be gravy. I'm not even going to be worried about it. like I started my stuff and I was like ignoring my pomodoros to, to go take a break because I was in the mood. I was like actually getting stuff done, which is a a, a great place where you want to be given where you start. Um and so I thought that those were, uh, but the, the mixture of having the conceptual idea of the scary hour plus the concrete structure of the Pomodoro, um, as well as other, te- you know, I've got a to-do list sort of thing and the, you know, the way you schedule your day is going to be different. But having, having all those tools available and knowing, look, you need to do this thing. Here are the tools. Figure out, pick, pick one and get it, and, and get it done. Uh, and I think that was what I really needed this last week i have a thing when i get down to a time crunch and uh shared it with my wife and that is that when i'm dealing with a book deadline or something and i've been doing a lot of procrastinating i do a thing where i say the first two hours of every morning belong to that project 
Mm. No social media, no email, no nothing. I get up. First two hours are going to be that. And you get things done so much faster. Like I get in that two hours, I get everything done that I probably wanted to get done in a day. I don't do it a lot because it takes a lot of like uh, willpower to do it. But I usually because I get things done. But when I don't, I just do that. Also, notes do even like last night. I had a, several things I had to get done, both for my book, a newest book, and then something for work. And I didn't want it to slide into the week. I'm like, I just have enough stuff to do the week. And I was like, okay, well, I know I'm going to screw around until this time. And come that time, I'm going to go do this. It's on. Or, or I'll do like that, the technique of like, I'll say, okay, I will open the document that I have to do. I will read what I have to do. Then I'll go do something else. Then I'll come back and I'll do the first five pages of what I need to do. Then I'll do something else. And then I'll come back and I'll break it up like that. And then I'll get into them like, ah, I don't want to do five pages. I'm going to do 50 pages. And I'll just like, I'll just get these done. And then the next yeah. thing you know, you're done. Yeah. I think that there, I mean, really what we're talking about is discipline, right? We're talking about uh, uh, different ways for which we can muster discipline and not uh, uh, allow it to be subsumed by the rest of the day. I have found myself in a situation recently where, uh, you know, trying to get World's Greatest Con Season 2 out the door, there was another project that we were working on as a pitch that... You know, uh, uh, I put time and effort into, but the reality of my day is that between my regular uh, uh, daily schedule, for which is hard-coded and ingrained in my brain, yeah. and the fact that I knew that every extra second that I had, I had to be working on these things that were either coming out or needed to be out the door ASAP, mm -hmm. uh, all my time was spoken for, which meant that I knew what I was doing every second of the day but also meant that I was not scheduling out my day like I normally do. I fall, I fell into a lot of bad habits mm. of just allowing the day to become kind of just this catch-as-catch-can morass. And I, I think that that, for me, among the things that I gained from the lockdown was a sense of being able to regiment my day and get a lot done. And, mm. and also be able to confidently offload certain uh, things from my brain by keeping them on like a to-do list that I wasn't afraid was just a graveyard for ideas that I was going to yeah. immediately forget. Uh, and I think that that's, that's kind of what we're, what, we're, what we're getting at is like, okay, so for you, Bryce, the, the scary hour mm. of like, all right, I know that every day I'm going to have to do this. On one hand, on the face of it, it's really just saying I'm going to be productive one hour a day. The reality is that you wind up making healthier relationships with what you have to do mm -hmm. because you're contextualizing it, not in the unknowable thing of like, oh my God, I have to go and like, I, I have to register my car. Let, let's just even say that, right? Sure. Like I have to register my car. If it's just register your car in your brain, it's I can this, do that whenever. A, a, it's whenever, but B, you don't know what it actually is. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to Google how to register my car at do the state. Do I need state. to get stuff Do I ready? need to go to some place? Mm -hmm. Do I need to find another thing? Does it need to be in a cashier's check for some dumb reason? Like, it's just this thing that winds up getting pushed further, 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 further. Whereas if you're saying, okay, my, my, my scary hour for Tuesday is going to be registering my car, mm -hmm. then your brain inherently begins to think of well let me just google register my car on monday so yeah. i can i can i can i can do this 
I think demystifying problems is the real secret sauce to productivity. Um, it's the secret sauce to creating your goals. It's the secret sauce to, to creativity, like just boiling things down mm -hmm. to the easiest essence. And that was, that's the, the biggest thing that I learned when I was at my best with keeping a checklist of stuff I needed to do was that instead of looking at things that stayed on my board for too long and thinking I was a failure for not checking that box, if it was there for three days, it was now incumbent upon me to, change. to make it a simpler step. Yeah. Uh, you, and you know what? I run into that. I run into that right now on my to-do list. I've, there's an, there's a, someone, someone sent in a very nice email to great night with yeah. an idea for a game that is fantastic. And I would love to respond to it. And it's been on my uh, thing for like six weeks. Reply to the email ask the question of the thing you need to do. And I just keep kicking it, kicking it. I'll, I'll get to that tomorrow. And, uh, you know, the idea of like, you know, what is basically office hours, you know, yeah. a, 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 and it doesn't even need to be always at the same hour every day. But the idea of, I'm just going to sit down and do the little things. And once you start taking off those little things, then all of the normal productivity stuff that we talk about, kicks off right you you start small and you start rolling in you get into the creative flow um and then you need to like pull yourself away from stuff because you're getting so into it and you're, you're so uh in deep um and so just having having those especially because i work from home a lot you know this this was a oh, thing that i need it's easy to fall into the uh fall fall into the pit man yeah. when you are when you're when you're working from working from home uh, I think we all we all certainly know that, and and you know I think we all knew that before it was cool, <laughs> you know before 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 all everybody was doing the Bart Man. We were we we were trying to create our own uh, uh, reasons to to do it, um, and there, I, there was there was nothing like that adrenaline of knocking out a bunch of stuff like what that's it's just so it's 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 great. That's the real reward. That's what keeps you coming back. Is like. Oh, when you just, and you're like, ah, I'm just going to get one thing done. And then you're like, ah, well, while I'm here, I'm just going to get this. And then you're like, you just like rip through all of it. Ah, oh, it's so good. A, a couple techniques to help. And it's, you know, people reinforce the idea here. Like taking breaks can be super helpful because your brain reaches that limit. Getting focused again can be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you getting up and walking away from your desk can be great because physically you're moving yourself out of that space. Sometimes if your distraction is literally in that same space, then that can be a problem. Like I, I don't have uh, Apple, uh, the iMessages open anywhere on my desktop computer. It's never been opened. I don't do it. I certainly don't have Facebook. I do pop Twitter open from time to time, but literally I open it in a browser. I take a look at it. And when I'm done, I close it. And same with my email. I do all of my email through my browser, and then I don't leave an inbox open that's going to pop open and say, Hey, look at me. I don't have notifications on because I want to be able to focus when I need to focus. I talk about, you know, I talk to people about writing. I talk about the idea of microfocus, the idea of like how to basically focus on something for a few minutes, get it done, switch to something else, then go back to the other thing. And it's a thing that people do. And if you look around, you'll see examples of this. I've been reading and looking at a lot of stuff on memory palaces and how memory experts or people who are some of these memory champions are able to do what they do. Side note, some of the most prolific people I've seen talking about 
like how to have an approved memory who've won some of these awards for best memory memory competitions actually were people who were curious about it like two or three years ago or a few years before and then got into it including journalists there's one re you know one woman who wrote a great book about this there's another journalist who were like oh who are these people doing these memory feats and they ended up going into memory competitions which shows you anybody can learn these things but mm. when you watch people doing some of these memory feats you'll see them put on noise just these headphones that block out all the sound because they've got to sit there and you're like oh that's really essential how do these championship people who've got to focus on memorize a deck of cards and like the record do you know what the record is for memorizing a deck Mm, 20 cards. Wait, it's probably the time. The amount of time. Oh, yeah, time 52, to get 52 cards, oh. Bryce. I feel like if it's a deck. Well, I, 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 well, I mean, probably the Joker's in the, I don't know if they keep the uh, instructions in there. Right? Uh, I forgot the tally ho card. Uh, yeah. I'll say five you know the minutes. record time? Five minutes. 12 seconds. God, no way. 12 seconds is the record for somebody to. Remember, wowza, zowza. Okay. The competitions, you see this, and, you, and the people have these methods which they're able to do that. And then you know, in these competitions, what they'll do is they don't remember a deck. They might remember like 50 decks of cards. It's incredible. So, But you'll see them put on the headphones, and that's how to focus. And so mm. I use my AirPods all the time. When it's time to write, I play my writing music, and I'm able to do that. Mm. Uh, if I need to read something for whatever, I have my iPad. I change my modality so that when I need to shift my focus back, it's easy for me to know this is the space where I create. Yeah. This is the space where I screw around. I've got a standing desk that I use for work. All I use for it. Mm -hmm. All I don't edit my books there. I don't do anything. It's all for stuff that I do relating to uh, where I work, by the way, which was named by Time Magazine Ooh. as one of the most oh, yeah. influential companies. Mm -hmm. uh, so anyhow, uh, anyhow. That's helpful. So think about if you want to get back to your focus, think about ways to do it. Somebody asked, what is your writing uh, music genre? I use a lot of soundtracks and I'll use soundtracks for thrillers and mystery movies. Pro tip, sometimes really awful movies have great soundtracks because when they hired the composer, he didn't know it was going to suck. And so <laughs> you might be like, I never saw this. People said it was good. One rotten tomato and one score, but like, well, the soundtrack's really good. Soundtrack's good. So, uh, this this is a story I've told before, but oh. back in the day when Andrew was uh, uh, in in the in the the early days of his illustrious writing career, uh, the Andrew's a man of tremendous focus, and so he would be on Pandora at the time, playing like the Hans Zimmer station, where there'd just be all these great movie scores that were playing. Bum, 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 but uh, sometimes the algorithm would get weird, and there would be these very like. I would describe as serial killer music because it was like these very weird, like atonal, like <laughs> track 12 on the Halloween sound. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'd be coming because his office was upstairs. I'd be coming up so we could go to Arby's or whatever for lunch. <laughs> and it would just be him in, in this writing coma, like zone, like tapping, going like, <laughs> Here, Justin, read my story yeah. from the first-person point of view of a woman trying to hunt down a serial, a serial killer, killer who uses magic to fool people. Uh, Thank God you were a success, because otherwise, you know, that would be a really, really sad story. Uh, uh, the, so a lot of the work that I do, I can't usually listen to music during it. When it was like video editing or what have you. Yeah. Oh, that but, sucks. It sucks with podcast editing. I would love to be able to kill time listening to podcasts or music. Uh, and 
so I use there's an app that I use. I think I've talked about it before when I've talked about the Pomodoro method. But uh, there's an app I use on the iPhone called Pommy, P-O-M-M-I-E. Um, it's a couple of bucks, but it's not like a subscription thing. And what I do is uh, I'll turn it on. I'll just leave my phone on. I've got a little wireless charger on my desk. Put it right there. I see it counting down. 20 minutes left. Twenty. And once you see that, you're like, okay, I kind of need to, I got to get, get going here. I only got 20 minutes. I got to feel like I get something done in this in this segment. I, uh, and I, I that was a, a tip I picked up, I believe, from from Brant Hughes, who's one of our other editors here, um, was if you have a if you have a countdown clock, boy do you get <laughs> really motivated to get done. I, I will say I've got mixed feelings on on the larger religion of of of, of the Pomodoro uh, thing because I think it it can I don't know. For my money, it's a little bit too restrictive. That being said, hmm. I think that there is a tremendous worth in understanding what you can get done in 20 minutes. Absolutely. And that, I think, is something that is that is huge, huge, huge. And so whether or not it's that exact interval, if there's a magic number right. of, of, of what it means, like uh, it, and, you yeah. just setting one of those goals that's longer than what you think of as a short time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but but not, not an hour and a half, day. not two day, not two hours, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like when you realize the true power of 25 minutes like you 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 become like oh oh yeah this is all i got to do is turn it on it's a very understandable sprint uh, that that i'm just mm-hmm. and and really it comes down to three or four decisions to not open twitter or not go to your email or not check your you, phone and that's why leaving you, the phone on sorry Andrew, it's like that's why i leave the phone on is because I can't move away from the timer. The timer's looking at me. Hey, no, you can't go on Twitter. You need to do the timer. I and and back to what you said before uh, about understanding the task. Like so many times, I delay a thing, delay a thing, because like I have, I'll get notes back from my editor, and I have a wonderful editor, and Ed will send me. I'll get this thing. Here are the notes, and I'm panicking because I'm like, I just finished writing. Like I'm, I'm literally a hack, and I literally don't do a second draft. I just the moment I reach the end on the first draft, I send it off to the editor, yeah. uh, which means that it's going to be a disaster of grammatical mistakes, whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, and I, as soon as I get it back, I have this sort of anxiety because like, I just got done with the book. I, I just don't want to have to deal with the book right now. I want to do anything else. But but I the, the way that I worked my way through was like, well, just read the editorial letter. Just read the description of what I need to do. Mm. And that just all of a sudden, if I do that, I'll be done within a day. Because it's just I, I that fear of what the task might be. And so often we have a fear of what it is or we have unrealistic expectations of what it's going to take. You know, we want to write a book like, ah, I got the energy to write a book. Cool. I'm a big believer. Got to have your plot. No, I'm going to figure it out. Uh, if your architect told you that, you, yeah, you, you tell them that was bad idea. You know, maybe you'll get the Winchester House eventually, but you're yeah. going to have to stop halfway through and tear everything down and redo it. And it's great for Stephen King because your storytelling so masterful along the way. People don't really care where the plot ends up. Mm-hmm. Interdimensional aliens. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but yeah, the, I don't know. So those are those are at least my uh, those, those got me between that and these caffeine drinks that i drink but <laughs> have, have you guys ever have you guys that's ever tried oh, yeah. rockstar man that's my thing because rockstar beverages oh, i guzzle those 
Have you have either of you ever Maniacs. tried the whole memory memory palace technique? I've not. No. no, I haven't. So for those of you that don't know, and maybe if you watch this Sherlock Holmes version where he Ooh, apparently has a seizure when he goes into his memory palace. Yeah, they made it they made it a mutant power in Sherlock. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's if anything, like, oh geez. So memory palace is an ancient technique that actually they found most ancient cultures have probably used this because in a pre- textual time how did you memorize stuff we just say oh we just memorized it well using different ways to do it the memory palace is the idea you take some environment or place you're familiar with and then you place the things you need to remember remember in your mind's eye where they are memory palaces could be based on something as simple as your house where you live in and you walk through there and say i'm going to place this on the table this is over here the australian aborigines who have an oral history that goes back like 7,000 years and actually seems to have some pretty good, reliable climate climate data about things that happened, they would create a memory palace along a 900-kilometer journey and create, wow. and that's how they would encode this stuff is when you get to here, this is what this means, and oh, wow. this is the brush here, and this all this. So it's an ancient technique that's very, very useful. I was just, for some reason... Actually, the Arthur C. Clarke got something made me think about that because he talked about the ability to compress time, like if you could compress time. I'm like, man, we have these powerful language models which can actually do some cool stuff with like, like they can create rhymes and they can do really neat things with language. And I was thinking about, oh, it'd be cool. Let me do a little dive back into memory palaces and do that. And it was sort of funny because I'm like, ah, let me, let me try one. And then, I mean, literally over the weekend, like I remembered, I, I, you know, I could tell you, I could tell you, and this is on top of everything else I had to do this weekend. Like I flew in from Florida, got in at like, you know, early Saturday morning, slept, did some stuff Saturday and then did a bunch of work yesterday. But also in between that, managed to remember the 50 most populous countries in order of population. Hey. Um, by, and I figured for my memory palace, I decided to use an IHOP. <laughs> and so <laughs> I got International House of Pancakes because yeah. I was also thinking about could I create a memory palace that I could share with other people that, that they could mem- remember from because if I used either use something everybody knows what an IHOP looks like well in you know America most, or most people yeah. yeah or like I could use a McDonald's and I said oh that'd be an-. and it was just fun because then I did that and last night I went to bed da, 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 da. I'm like all 50 like all f- and I'm gonna all wow. keep adding to it but it's not that hard i did that like first of all, i'll do the 13 colonies you know oh then i'll do like eight greek philosophers and i'm like oh well i could do an ordered list and by order of population of you know countries and so uh wow. i did that what's so, the 50th uh 50th i got to was venezuela oh wow look at that look at that hey mm-hmm. shout out to venezuela yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so um you know yeah. uh it's it's interesting because then you start to do it and vi- spatially you start to do it and then you just start to like, you can remember it and it's a fun technique. It, it is a fascinating idea to, to pair those elements with spatial awareness and how much mm-hmm. we rely on spatial awareness. And we don't even realize that that is something that is like a fundamental core element. And, and we don't realize how deep those roots go. If we're able to assign these concepts to abject, uh, uh, you know, concepts, there- there's and we're really that's how all the memory champions do it all of them do use memory palaces that is the method they use for it and so it's been again there may be some better method out there and some neuroscientists say that if you actually look at the brain they say neurons will even form in sort of relational structures like this which Hmm. may be true but maybe could be searching but there's probably some conceptual thing to it because it does 
we're really that is a really easy way to sort of memorize stuff. And there are other techniques too. There's PAO, which is person ad object person action object. So if you have to remember things like numbers, you know, you might come up with your own like, you know, one is Alice in Wonderland, you know, and then mm -hmm. an action, you know, putting on something and then it'd be sunglasses. And so you come up with you memorize this list of let's say you could do a 10 digit one or a hundred digit ones and these and you could start to remember numbers even large sequences and they do these memory competitions people remember like pi to thousands of digits thousands of digits and these are not people generally speaking who were born prodigies these were normal people who learned these techniques mm -hmm. so wow very fun thing i'll probably follow up in a couple of weeks or something with some of the books i've you know read and memorize. some recommendations on that yeah memorize <laughs> well there's a way to memorize stuff like that was actually uh most of these memory people will tell you like like they'll say like yeah here's how to remember your shopping list but write down your shopping list why not just, just write, write it down, down. yeah, yeah and, they'll, and they'll be like yeah you could you could you could remember a book mm -hmm. why would you want to do that you know and but there is but if you have to do let's say script or dialogue one of the techniques you can use for that is you take it and i was using this for the declaration of independence because i was just bored is you take it and you go through read it through then you just take the first letter of each word and the punctuation and then you make that and you keep sort of like the line breaks or whatever on that and then you go through there and see if you can remember it and that will actually you can go from there to there and then all of a sudden recall it so just wow. getting rid of the rest of the letters except for the first letter is a second is a next step and so there are things like that you could do um oh, people uh, no. uh, i have one last Pro tip, but uh, but it's yeah, please, separate no, from ahead. from what uh, 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 one of the other things that I'll do. We talked about kind of once you get started, you start building up momentum and you start checking stuff off. Uh, one of the things that I've started doing in my to do list app is every day I I have it put lunch and dinner on the to do list because a sometimes I forget to eat uh, and b it feels like you're pacing out the day. Like you've got stuff you're going to do, you're going to get, you're going to eat lunch and or dinner. So you're going to check those off eventually. And you're classifying the day a little more than daytime, nighttime. Um, uh, and then those little, they, you know, then it feels like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go eat some lunch and have a shower. And then I've got to go do the thing because it's on my list. Um, and just little things like that. Like it's similar to the idea when you mentioning, like just write down your shopping list that like that, that's what kicked me off on that. Uh, somebody mentioned in the comments. They said, I can't visualize that. That And actually, there is a, a YouTube channel by a guy who's a very interesting character, Anthony Mativier, and he does tons of courses on uh, lots of great information about the history of memory palaces and memory techniques. He actually says that he has, comes and goes, that he has aphantasia. He has the inability to see things like other people do, and he's got a whole video on that. You might want to check that out because he talks about how do people who don't visualize like other people do, how are they able to do it? And he, you know, is the guy who's a memory expert and he's like, yeah, my brain just doesn't do that the same way. Wow. So um, people uh, have been dealing with a lot of these things for a lot of times. So there are a lot of interesting solutions to that. So wow. Wow. Uh, there you go, Bryce. You're so you found it faster than I could. So uh, you're amazing. Uh, there you go. Well, uh, I'll have that. We'll have that in the show notes as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be my pick. Uh, I'll see. I'll put his uh, Anthony Mativier's ch uh, channel. His last name is spelled M E T I V I E R. He's got like these called the magnetic memory method, uh, which you know, kind of you know, sounds like a very uh, 
uh, trademarky kind of thing, but he's he's really passionate about this and has a lot of interesting insights into it. So, and there's an interesting community too of people who talk to each other, et cetera. Very cool. Um, uh, yeah, my my uh, my pick is going to be Palmy. I talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only like four dollars. You can change the intervals. You can uh, have different profiles. If you, uh, what's nice is so. Uh, you can have it on the phone, on the iPhone, or the iPad, or the watch, and they can all be different timers and different profiles. So if you really want to go into it of like, okay, here I need a four-hour window of this phase and then the, and then also running a tighter one on your watch, you can do that. Um, uh, very much, uh, very, very recommended. I bought this a long time ago, and it still works, um, which uh, you don't see oop, as much in... Uh, in in apps and stuff because it, everyone wants to go to subscriptions. But Pommy, P-O-M-M-I, is, uh, if you've got an iPhone or an iPad or a watch, that's uh, hi- highly recommended from me. Uh, my recommendation is the jury method, a method uh-huh. that I use exclusively. Okay. Uh, uh, first things first, buy yourself a regular-ass whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I would, I would uh, uh, put it up somewhere that you are close to every day. Uh, when you are at your best, which I'm not at right now, so do as I say, not as I do, but uh, every day, write out your schedule as best as you know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave gaps. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, but everything that you have to do, put that in. If there's, at that point, things that you immediately think, oh, if I have a gap there, I should do, then then uh, uh, go ahead and, and fill that in. And then also update your to-dos. So just put your general to-dos. Uh, don't differentiate between the things that need to be get, get done tomorrow and the things that need to get done eventually. But like I said before, if something is on there for more than three days, break it up. Break it, it up into yeah. another thing. Like, or even reword it. Sometimes you sometimes you wrote it weird and yeah it, I mean I I would say make it simply that that's my 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 personal philosophy is like hmm. if uh uh I need to f- fix my sprinkler in the backyard yeah right um if that sits there for three days change it to l- search YouTube for fixing sprinkler mm, okay. like just the first thing that then gets you to write another thing, right? If you just taken that first step, it, it, it's, it, it, it's a, it's a different situation. There you go. You know, one thing that I've done on my phone, Justin, what'd you do on your phone, Bryce? So instead of my home screen, you know, on the iPhone, you can rearrange your home screens. Yep. yep. Uh, my top home screen is just my to do widget and my Pomodoro timer. And the idea being when I pull up my phone, if I keep, because I'll just, because it's, sometimes it wants to remember where you were, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You just swipe, when you're swiping a couple of times to get everything started, you're back here at your big to-do list. Yeah. And at the timer. Um, and uh, 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 I find that that is at least very intentional. Because the iPhone is very sticky about what screen it wants to bring you back to a lot of times. And you really don't think about it very much if you don't. If you aren't trying to hack it like this, yeah. Uh, but just having that intentional moment, even even though you have like a page that can just be for widgets, having the thing that eventually you will default to swiping exactly to it, um, and those little bits of intentionality help you get stuff focused too. 
All right. Well, uh, I think that's going to do it here for After Things. Andrew had to uh, run off to another call. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Justin, for sticking around. Thank you, Hell Andrew, yeah. for all your help. Uh, this has been the After Things Podcast. It's been after. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>